I am. Garage Logic Podcast number 128. We've hit April. It's April 1st, 2019. It was 82 degrees on this day in 1986 and one below on this day in 1969. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. We have an opener watch for Friday. I repeat, an opener watch, not a warning. A watch merely means that conditions could be amenable to the thermometer hitting 70 Friday. Although that is not predicted, the conditions are amenable. We have an opener watch scheduled for Friday, which would be April 5. April 5. My phone is only predicting 61, but things change. Mm. Nature is unpredictable. Is it when it when it comes to a 10 degree? Uh, when it comes close yeah, to 10 with, degrees? in 10 degrees, that gotcha. results in a watch. Got it's it. like when you're playing the, the Price is Right game. It's not a warning. It's in that window. Mm-hmm. You know, when, the, when it's going up, it's in that blue window. Yeah. It's not a warning. John Height, uh, the newsman, I had a tirade Friday about uh, the Twins, well, all major league teams having to have walk-ups. So oh, I did not catch that. And, uh, uh, you know, Stan Musial didn't need a walk-up song. That's true. And That's Willie true. Mays didn't need a walk-up song. That's true. Ernie Banks didn't need a walk-up song. Babe uh-huh. Ruth. Babe Ruth didn't need a walk-up song. Oh. He needed a beer and a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Downing, frequent contributor Downing is a good point. Uh, how's this for a Garage Logic take on walk-up songs? Walk-up songs should be like nicknames. You don't get to pick your own. It has to come about naturally and be given to you by others. Huh. I like that. I like that, too. I like that. Right. Hey, Bubba, we're playing this for you, and you got to stick with it. You know, Uh, I finally figured something out. I'll just bring this chair closer to it. Why have I been leaning like that for a week? For the life of me, I I don't know why you put those in the corner. I, uh, I was in attendance at the yard yesterday. And uh, a team employee and I were having a chat, mm-hmm. and, and he mentioned uh, your, your your tirade about the mm-hmm. walk-ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now from an anonymous source, but I'm going to choose to a believe. A faithful podcast listener? Faithful podcast okay, listener. Let's measure our words. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is from a uh, source who says he wishes to remain anonymous. Uh, but my anonymous. Pis- what did I say? You said anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, because his position gives him the following knowledge. I was listening to Friday's 329-19 podcast and heard you mention the Twins' walk-up songs. I thought you'd like to know that new this year is a speaker that is attached to a post right where the players walk up the steps out of the dugout before they bat. This speaker was placed there at the request of the players because they couldn't hear their walk-up songs. (laughs) Wow. The speaker is quite loud. Actually, in my opinion, ridiculously loud, considering it's supposed to be a baseball game. But what do I know? Long-time listener, and he must uh, remain on the QT. Wow. Ominous. QT. Anonymous. Anonymous. Mm. The only time it was cool... Music in baseball recently was never Mauer's last game last year when he came out in the catching gear and they were playing the natural. That was cool. That was really well, cool. That was a that was a that was theater. That's theater. what I'm saying. Yeah. That was really really cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I agree. I think walk up songs are ridiculous. I think they're dumb. 
Steve writes, uh, last week you guys were talking about how graduates from the failed academy look down their noses at tradespeople. I work for a manufacturer in Brainerd, and for 20 years a group of us has been preaching the virtues of going into the trades. Luckily, we are seeing some traction in this regard. During our preaching, we came upon a great quote from John W. Gardner. Quote, The society which scorns excellence in plumbing is a humble activity and tolerates shoddiness in philosophy because it is an exalted activity, will have neither good plumbing nor good philosophy. Neither its pipes nor its theories will hold water. But um boom boom Got it. I get you. John W. Gardner was the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare under Lyndon Johnson. Hold water. And I got sent a really neat picture, uh, also a video where I was able to hear it, of a homemade three-cylinder beer can engine. What? Homemade three-cylinder beer can engine. A three-cylinder Sterling engine made with beer cans, bean tins, and various bits and bobs readily available at any local hardware store. Sterling engine is a heat engine that is operated by a cyclic compression and expansion of air or other gas, the working fluid, at different temps, such that there is a net conversion of heat energy to mechanical work. Originally conceived in 1816 as an industrial prime mover to rival the steam engine, its practical use was largely confined to low-power domestic applications for over a century. Uh, So look that up, GLers. Look up homemade three-cylinder beer can Sterling engine, and the thing runs. That sounds neat. You light a candle under each beer can, and because of the way the heat becomes generated, suddenly it's... There's a crankshaft and everything's going around. It's making a noise like a regular engine. Do you want me to look it up now? Nope. That's a subject we'll have to discuss Thursday night. You know what we had had over the weekend? What's that? We had over the weekend a Grunhofer Bratfest. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you the kinds I had. I had bacon cheddar. I had a full bacon cheddar. Mm -hmm. Then I tried cranberry wild rice and jalapeno and cheddar. I've had that before. Uh, Let me tell you something. I'm talking about Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats out on Highway 61 in Hugo. Extraordinary. They're just extraordinary. There's 125 flavors of brats. You can stand in front of a brat case for an hour. (laughs) This is the grilling season. If you want to do it right, talk to Spencer, Spencer Grunhofer. He'll tell you how to do it. I've been up there. It's a, such a fantastic store. You don't boil them. He said, this is lean stuff. We're not boiling any fat. Yes. Out of it. Put them on the grill, get it to be about 165 degree temperature in the middle of the brat, and it was incredible. I Absolutely incredible. The egg roll yeah. was... Egg roll brat. It, it was fabulous. And the poutine mm-hmm. uh, had a nice bacony taste to it. It was wonderful. 20 varieties of beef and chicken sticks. Full steak selection. How like you, how do you like your bacon? They'll cut it any way you want. Yeah, you cut it right. thick for the grill. Marinated stuff, chicken breast. Grunhofer's team are meat experts. And Spencer, I said, what do you want me to call you, Spencer? A butcher or a meat cutter? Yeah. He said, I'm a meat cutter. Mm-hmm. Always have been. Struck out on his own 12 years ago. Opened Grunhofer's Meats in Hugo. Absolutely incredible. This is grilling season, so bring the flavor of Grunhofer's to your next cookout. It's up there on Highway 61 in Hugo or at Grunhofer. Well, let me get the exact... Uh, where yeah, the hell is just, the thing? When you walk into Grunhofer's, it's like you're walking into Garage Logic. Grunhofer, 1F, GrunhoferMeatMarket.com. Say, uh, 
Some, later on in the show, Rook, I have some food items for you, too. Oh, good. Mm. I saw a news item on Burger King that I'm going to have to investigate here. <laughs> well, that's that's for not now. Uh, one of the presidential hopefuls for the Dems is John Hicken, Hickenlooper. Yeah. Is he the guy who is sorry for being white, or is he the guy who's sorry for being a capitalist? I think capitalist. He's, he's the he's guy who's sorry for being capitalist. a capitalist. I don't know why any... Well, they're all morons, that's why. Uh, he... he uh, he said he uh, took his mother to a movie. Uh, he oh, was once nice? the, he was once the governor of Colorado, and he explained how he once took his mother to see Deep Throat. Oh what, no! Why oh. would you take your mother to see That's, Deep Throat? Uh, uh, how'd mom do? Hickenlooper like- recounts the story in a 2016 memoir the Denver Post reported. Uh, but moderator Dana Bash made it a point to ask about it during the televised town hall in front of a live audience, as the candidate tells it. The incident happened when an 18-year-old Hickenlooper returned home to see his mom after being away at college. He promised a friend he'd see the film in a theater with him, but Hickenlooper claims they didn't know what an X movie was. I think he's lying. I Yeah, how could you not? He's know? a liar. Yeah. He's not only a liar, he's stupid. Right. He didn't know what an X-rated movie is. Huh. He asked his mom if she would like to come along. She said, I'd love to go because she didn't want to be left alone in the house again. So I took my mom to see Deep Throat, he, took the crowd. he told the crowd. Huh. Hick and Looper described his mother as mortifi- mortified at the popular 1970s adult film, but he said she insisted on staying because she'd bought a ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the way home... Come on now, uh, right on the stage, Deep Throat. On the way home, Hickenlooper recounted his mother complimented the movie's very good lighting. <laughs> oh, you c- couldn't see any who, shadows who are, at all. Who huh? are these people? Couldn't see any who shadows. Who are these nutcases? Oh. And Hickenlooper's he's the uh, he's the uh, capitalist apologist. Yep. Capitalism yeah. yep. apologist. I wish. What I do you think, a... mom? You want to go get some popcorn? No, I'll enjoy the lighting right here. I wish I had a wah-wah pedal connected I to my amp. I know, I know you do. I know you do. Do you all remember the first time that you accidentally happened upon a a risque portion of the movie with one of your parents? Because no, I sure do. No, never happened. I, I don't never? Know. I'm not that dumb. Well, you're, you're just talking a regular movie, though, right? I mean, yeah, with, with a sex Mine was Jerry Maguire. You guys remember Jerry Maguire? Sure, my yeah. mom and I, uh, along with my girlfriend and my brother, went to that movie together, and that was an uncomfortable couple of minutes because uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, it happened. I, don't, I saw the movie. I don't. All I yeah. remember is get, show me the money. Yep. But uh, right away, about ten minutes in, I think if you went to Officer and a Gentleman uh, with a parent, that might have uh, <laughs> that Deborah Winger, uh, Richard Gere. I think, the, I th- scene I think the movies. I think the <laughs> movies you reference are, are really telling. <laughs> just really telling. Well, that was a pretty intense scene in uh, 1981. I. It's not much of a deep thought. I'm going to not spend a lot of time on it, but a little deep thought on the Garage Logic service road of life. From deep throat to deep thought. That's right. <laughs> I was noting today a story about Angelina Jolie, who always gets her name in the paper for working with the UN. Yes. And uh, she and she's fighting for women, okay. women's rights. Okay, that's good. How come if there's no genders, there's women's rights? I don't know how to answer that question. You're right. That's that's my thought. If there's no gender, because these are the same people who would defend their being about 48 different gender choices. Okay. Then why are we fighting for women's rights? Hmm. It's a good question. Hmm? That's the question of the day. It's the, que- <coughs> the question of the day. <laughs> are there women's rights and are there genders? A, a side note to that, 
I spent this weekend uh, at oh, the this state be good. <laughs> state science fair. Hey, how'd my kid do? She did well. Your uh, your uh, your granddaughter did a wonderful job. Huh. My I son, wanted to get out there, but that's too far. Uh, we didn't bring any any hardware home, but some of the other kids did. But I will tell you this: this um, thing about gals not knowing how to do science. I've never contended that would be the case. It is that's completely false. There were so many female uh, uh, state science fair participants that walked home with hardware that they they are back. Mm-hmm. They are uh, that. Falsify! Oh, the girls can't do science and math. I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm, I think you're on uh, insensitive ground to say they're back. Okay, I don't uh, think they ever left. I don't think they ever left. Let's just let's just put it that way. Yeah. They were well. Females were overwhelmingly well represented, and that's not a complaint. That's well. A this kid, condition. this kid I'm talking about. I I said, what, what the hell are you trying? Are you going to be a farmer? She did some. Soil uh, examination. They that, love that at the, the science hell? fairs. Get, yes. a, get some cotton and blow a cigarette smoke <laughs> into it. That is so far. These kids are very complex. And I'd like to thank the lake detective who uh, was a mentor to mine. Well, that's fine. Yeah. When we return, uh, we got to see if old Uncle Joe Biden has been power washed. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Basketball, basketball, basketball madness. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. Let the Canopy Group help you with your brackets for your home and auto insurance program. If you rely on State Farm Farmers or Liberty Mutual, remember, they only have one team in their bracket. We have 16 in ours. We guarantee a winner for the best coverage at the best price. The Canopy Group has outsmarted the insurance bracketologist. Every month is madness for the Canopy Group as they continue to comb the insurance marketplace for their clients. We can work on your home and auto insurance program while you pick up the remote and channel surf all of your basketball options. Visit thecanopygroup.com. Or let the Canopy Group help you by calling 800-967-3389. Let the Canopy Group put their sweet 16 to work for you. 800-967-3389. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. The uh, Democrats uh, can, uh, that, that either are or intending to run for president are really, uh, really going after each other. They've even turned on old Uncle Joe Biden. What's going on? I'm trying to get the woman's name. What What's the woman's name who uh, uh, was in? Uh, here it is. I got it. I got it. I got Flores. it. I got Flores. It. I got yep. it. Uh, Lucy Flores. Uh, she alleged that Biden. Then the vice president inappropriately touched her in an event during during her failed 2014 bid for statewide office. Uh, and now uh, Klobuchar is saying, I have no reason not to believe her. And, and Bernie saying, well, that's a decision, you know, the vice president has to make about wh- whether he's going to say I'm guilty or not. Uh, one of the leading women in the race, Senator Warren, came down on the other side. I read the op-ed last night. Warren said Saturday, I believe Lucy Flores and Joe Biden needs to give an answer. So uh, John Hickenlooper, he took his mom to see Deep Throat 
Uh, he said that B- B- Biden's actions are very disconcerting. Uh, they're all turning on. They're all pushing each other in and out of line. You know, imagine a group of second graders going back into school mm-hmm. following recess. They're they're jostling for position and they're shoving, shoving each other out of line. So here old Biden comes along and I don't know why this woman, Flores, choose, chose to come out now. Uh, she's a Democrat. But they're power-washing Biden. He's certainly guilty of being a handsy guy. Yes. Right? Yes. He's a nuzzler. He's yes. a nuzzler. Right. He's this. Pay attention to what the nice hand was doing, not the naughty hand. That's right. So, so they, but they're now, they've planted the idea that Biden's behavior is creepy. Isn't that power washing? When you saw Biden do one of his Biden nuzzles, did you think it was creepy? No. But wait, I always thought we did know he had an element of creepiness to him. Once in a while, it it borders into the bad uncle. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, basically, he's, isn't he just an affectionate guy? But he's always been that way. So now the outrage, I guess I don't understand. Well, he's a dead goose now. I don't think he was going to run anywhere. If he did, he wasn't going to get anywhere. But he's he's pretty much done. In the court of public opinion, he's now seen as a predator. Okay, but you bring up a good point. He loves to smell hair. Yeah, but two weeks ago. Who doesn't? It, yeah. Two weeks ago, it was, it was uh, occasionally you would get a weird uh, vibe on that. But now every picture that I see, they've power washed him into... Uh, Smelling and, and whispering in people's ears, smelling hair and giving kisses and grabbing shoulders. Now I can't get it out of my head. Uh, the allegations of vice presidential misbehavior. Is it misbehavior? Well, you know what? To be, I, I've always predicted we're going to get to the point where you can't talk to each other. Yes. We're going to get to the point where you better not touch each other. Right. So uh, the out. Hey, baby. The allegations of vice presidential misbehavior first came to light when Flores, a former Nevada assemblywoman, recounted her experience with Biden before a 2014 campaign event in a first-person story published by New York Magazine. Uh, Biden has denied any wrongdoing. Neither then nor in the years since did he or, or the staff with him at that time have an inkling that Ms. Flores had been any time uncomfortable, nor do they recall what she described, spokesman Bill Russo said. Hmm. Uh, Johnny, you're the newsman. Help me. Uh-huh. Upon the introduction of a secretary of defense, uh, Biden was up on stage. And that that's the only creepy one I can, I can identify. The secretary of defense's wife was on stage. That's right. I remember and, that. And yep. Biden kind of wouldn't let go of her. Mm-hmm. While her husband was being introduced, he was grabbing her shoulders. Is there that it is. Correct? You got it, Rook. Yeah. Uh, Ex Defense Secretary's wife says photo uh, of her with Miss B- uh, Biden was misleading. She's not apparently too upset about it, but he's got the two hands on the shoulders. He's behind her and he's going for the deep nozzle smell. She said, I, I actually had that in my news. Yeah. Uh, she says, uh, several women who worked for Biden stepped forward over the weekend and vouched for him, including Stephanie Carter, the wife of former Defense Secretary Ash Carter. She disputed characterizations of interactions with Biden, pictures of the then vice president whispering in Carter's ear and placing his hands on her shoulders, ricocheted across the Internet at the time. Yep. Carter wrote, the Joe Biden in my picture is a close friend helping someone get through a big day for which I will always be grateful. Yeah. And uh, that was four years ago already. <laughs> 
But there, he clearly is, uh, he, he's getting a noseful right there. Have you ever seen the presidential vice? <laughs> and she, I don't know how to interpret the look on her face. But what I find amusing is this party, the Democratic Party, which has now become who is more offended by, oh. they're going to eat themselves they're alive. They're slashing up themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They're shoving each other in and out of line. I'm more offended than that guy was right. offended. And again, I don't know why Flores has decided to throw Biden under the bus at this point. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, no one has accused Biden of any sexual impropriety. Right. 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 I guess what he can be accused of is invading private space. Yeah, I'm already keep, think, keep thinking. Keep your ahead. hands off me. Yeah, I'm thinking ahead to Saturday Night Live next Saturday and this oh my this recreation where <laughs> you know they're going to obviously make him have eight arms and, and everywhere. But again, prior to today or, or the, this weekend and these developments, I didn't see him as creepy Biden. Now I can't. But get you out saw of my head. you saw him though as. Uh... Uncle Joe, he was he was the he was your uncle, yeah. Uncle Joe Biden. He was a a nice guy. He and I I still think he's probably a nice guy. Isn't he one of those guys that likes to take his shirt off? Or who am I thinking of? Putin. Putin. Or yeah, Putin. Putin. Uh, it's not the same. That's not the same. No, you're thinking of Kenny, <laughs> right? <laughs> Kenny Olson. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Uh, whoever can be found to be Guilty of something real or imagined when it comes to uh, anything between a man and a woman. For example, uh, Hickenlooper might think that it was funny that he took his mom to see Deep Throat. Yep. But it might, let's say something comes out where Hickenlooper is photographed uh, doing the hair nose nuzzle. Okay. They'll, they'll throw him out. Yeah, he's off the list. Right? Who's, he's the, who's the guy in Washington? Jay Inslee? Uh, Inslee. Uh, if they, anybody gets a photo of him. Now, Klobuchar has been fighting mightily to survive the attacks on her that she's been too hard on her staff. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Our theory on that has always been she's dealing with people who've come from the failed academy mm-hmm. and they're not used to any discipline whatsoever. That doesn't bother me. I, I'm not terribly upset about Klobuchar being hard on her staff, even though I think it's grotesque that she ate a salad with a comb. <laughs> I, I find that I find that disturbing. Yes. I find that unhygienic. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, and so Elizabeth Warren, she's had to survive this claim that she's virtually Tonto. She was virtually Lone right, Ranger's right. partner. Not. Uh, uh, she's not, got no more Indian blood case. in her than. Uh, my mother. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but they'll 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 go after each other because all they are is power hungry mysterians. None of them intend to be helpful. They all, I mean, none of them intend to be useful. They all intend to be important, and they're going to mm-hmm. shove each other out yep. of the way no matter what they got to do. Yep. And and Biden, you're cooked, pal. I, you're 76 oh. for one thing, and they're just going to. Pile on you for the for the fact that you've been. Uh, I remember that picture, Rook. That's his move. That's his move. He's a he's a behind the guy. Put my hands on your shoulders, guy, so I can go in for the nose nuzzle. Okay, but then look at the next. Yeah, the next picture, and look at the guy she's with. They're at they're at a a, a cafe, a diner, and uh, there's two leather. Oh, it's a bunch of bikers. Bikers, and he's right up on that gal. Oh yeah. And I don't think SMC original to the left there is. He really... wasn't going for the midriff pause, was he? Uh, <laughs> No, huh? but now people are photoshopping. Yeah, the internet has become oh, uh, yeah. is, is having Here's, a laugh with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb that's, Bush, that's uh, Biden and uh, Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Yeah, 
But see, <laughs> see, he's already been caricaturized out of the running. He's already yeah. been turned into a complete insensitive fool. And they, none of these candidates will hesitate to do this to any other candidate. No, you're right. This is they'll they'll all. I mean, the pictures are everywhere now. He did it to Hillary Clinton. Uh, but look at it. He's giving a little kiss on the top of a head to a little girl. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. That's she was. Ay ay ay. It's yeah. going to get to the point where we just better not touch anybody. That's a good point. Yeah. You can't even talk to him. Forget touching. You can't talk to him. Yeah. Well, I think I'm safe. I, I'm at the age where. <laughs> yeah, you're the opposite. You I'm, like I'm to invisible. be touched. I, I'm invisible. <laughs> I, I'm not. It's just not a problem. <laughs> yeah, I like a good hair nozzle once in a while. What the sure, hell? Sure, maybe you know? out at the state fair. Yeah. No, I'm never. No. <laughs> hey, you smell like uh, no. mini donuts. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> You smell like that new mini donut beer. Oh, God. And grease. No, I don't. Uh, I think I'm all right when it comes to the fair. I, 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 I think I've probably been guilty of a, of a nose nozzle in the hair over the years. Well, yeah. pretty innocent, though. You, you know, it's, you don't make a... Joe Joe is making a game of it over here, our former vice president. Yeah, but now you have to ask yourself, do you think he's predatory in his behavior? Does he look for these occasions, or is that just him? I think it's just him. I think it's just him. I think it's him. I think he's a, okay, I'm a hugger. You're not a hugger. I'm not a hugger. Uh, Joe Biden is a hugger, and he he likes to put his hands on people. Yes, yes he does. And his, his shoulders are okay. It's not the butt. It's not the boobs. And to, to, to clarify, I love mostly, though, Rook, when you go into Joe for the hug. Those are some of my favorite moments. Come on, See, let's let's hug it out. No, I'm not, I'm not. Right, and that's my father-in-law um, did not like to hug, and I you would try to hug him, and then eventually, when when I was going to go hug, he him, was from a non-hugging generation. Right, he would put his hand on my shoulder and extend his hand for a handshake <laughs> to keep me at bay, and that's when I learned that. I'm sorry, Ed, may you rest in peace. I'm not going to hug Those you Those guys, uh, they didn't need that BS. They came from, you know, they fought wars. They didn't need to come uh, home and hug people. No, he uh, he was not a great guy, and he loved me and I loved him, but he just, I don't want to hug you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I can't blame him. Joe's right. It was, my, I don't think my dad hugged me until he no. started getting dementia. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> that was just for support. There. And he thought you were somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so now, well, well, that brings us full circle back to Biden. He, yeah. he is of a non-generational hugging situation. Mm-hmm. He's old enough to come from the non-huggers. True. Yeah. Mm. But he's a hugger. He's the nuzzler. He's a nuzzler. He's a nose nuzzler. <laughs> Loves to get in there and check out that shampoo. Oh. My dad's a hugger, and he will try to hug you from his um, uh, scooter seat at Walmart, <laughs> even if it's just you're just an employee. I, I don't want to do that. Hand him a can of beans, he'll get up and hug you. Come yeah. on over. All right. And then knock over trays trying to get to the, uh, the sausage section. Might we return with our great uh, newsman? We can do that. A beautiful lawn is just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Log on, fire up that phone, schedule a free in-person, no-obligation lawn care estimate right now at ProfessionalTurf.com. You do that, a seasoned lawn care vet's going to come to your house, analyze your situation, then come up with a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed control program that's not only environmentally safe, but also absolutely guaranteed for superior results. You will have the best lawn on the block. Do it now, ProfessionalTurf. Who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life? Joe Suchere. 
Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, by the way, uh, this update is brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. Uh, a couple of, uh, well, not good stories to start with here. Uh, one of them from my hometown that just popped up. Uh, this one will start with Minneapolis. Police are investigating a homicide there that left one person dead, another critically injured, and the whole thing was live streamed on social media. Broad daylight. A passenger in the back what? seat of a Nissan Altima took out his cell phone to share what he and two friends were up to in real time with friends on Facebook. It includes the moments before, during, and after someone opened fire at their car. It happened at a busy intersection near downtown Minneapolis. Police responding to the 7th Street overpass over I-94 near 7th Street and Lindale Avenue about 2.10 in the afternoon on Sunday. Right while the Twins game was a few blocks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spokesperson John Elder said when officers got there, they found two adult men who had been shot. Police on the scene said one of the men, the driver, was dead. Relatives identified him as 21-year-old Denzel Jackson. A second man, identified as Timothy Callender, was taken to Hennepin County Medical Center with injuries. The department said in a news release, preliminary info says two vehicles were involved in the incident, and one of those fled before officers got there. Investigators are reviewing footage from traffic management cameras in the area to see if the incident and suspect vehicle can be seen. Police urged anyone with information to call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS and reference case number 19090938. All tips can be anonymous. Persons providing info uh, could be eligible for a financial reward. Way to go, Minneapolis. The breaking news uh, from North Dakota. Police responding to a medical call at a North Dakota business found several bodies, according to authorities. The Mandan Police Department issued a three-sentence news release confirming officers had found several people who were deceased inside the business. Uh, the city, uh, now this, uh, I realize people are dead here. I'm not trying to make light of this, but I notice everybody's calling Mandan a suburb of Bismarck in all the national stories, which right. it is not. We've never done that in North Dakota. Right. Right. Never called it. I mean, it's right across the river. But right. So that's what you're most outraged about with this Well, story. no, I'm, I'm outraged people are, are dead. That's what I said. Got it. it. wasn't funny. See? I know. Morton County referred a request for co- uh, comment to city police. The State Bureau of Criminal Investigation confirmed it was helping with the investigation, but didn't offer any details. Authorities didn't identify the business, but police and Burley County Sheriff's Department vehicles were clustered at RJR Maintenance and Management, a property management company. The Bismarck Tribune reporting the business released a statement at 9.30 a.m. saying it would be closed Monday. No one answering phones at the business. Uh, it's in a location in a business district near a busy main road known as the Strip. And the Strip runs between Bismarck and Mandan. A large empty lot sits in the front. Darren Helbling, a manager at a nearby bowling alley, said police asked to see his business's surveillance video. Uh, he said video showed only a couple of vehicles on the road that separates the businesses since 10 p.m. Sunday. It's identified as a family-owned company that's been handling commercial and residential properties in Bismarck and Mandan for more than 20 years. Federal Aviation Administration says an outage issue that several airlines reported Monday morning has now been fixed. According to the FAA, Delta, United, JetBlue, Alaska, and Southwest Airline were among several airlines dealing with computer issues. It caused delays at airports in Chicago, New York, Boston, Atlanta, Miami, Detroit, and several other airports. Dan Lanson of Southwest Airlines said there was an outage with a vendor that services multiple carriers with data used in flight planning. Southwest said it lifted an internal ground stop at 7.05 Eastern time that had been implemented for about 40 minutes, there could be scattered delays. They say make sure you check before you try to catch your flight today. Mm. A whistleblower working inside the White House has told a House committee that senior Trump administration officials granted security clearances to at least 25 individuals whose applications 
had been denied by the career employees. The whistleblower, Tricia Newbold, manager at the White House's Personnel Security Office, told the House Oversight and Reform Committee in a private interview last month that the 25 individuals included two current senior White House officials, in addition to contractors and other employees working for the office of the president. The memo does not identify any of the 25 individuals referenced by Newbold. The New York Times reported in February that President Trump had personally ordered his chief of staff, John Kelly, to grant a clearance last year to Jared Kushner, his son-in-law and senior advisor. Kelly had recorded the president's directions to him in a memo, and Trump had denied playing a role in an interview with the Times in the Oval Office a month earlier. Uh, Kelly, of course, left the White House at the end of last year. So what does that mean? They just they got they were allowed into the White House and had uh, access to classified they had information? access to classified info. Okay. Yeah. House Judiciary Committee will prepare subpoenas this week seeking special counsel Robert Mueller's full Russia report as the Justice Department appears likely to miss an April 2nd deadline set by Democrats for the report's release. The Judiciary Panel plans to vote on subpoenas Wednesday. A day after the deadline, the chairman of several House committees asked for the full report last week after Attorney General William Barr released his four-page summary laying out the report's principal conclusions. A planned committee vote announced Monday morning would not automatically issue subpoenas but authorize House Judiciary Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler to send them. The panel would also vote to authorize subpoenas related to a number of President Trump's former top advisors, including Steve Bannon, Hope Hicks, Reince Priebus, White House Counsel Donald McGahn, and Counsel Ann Donaldson. Ukraine. Have you seen the election in the Ukraine? Is this the comedian who's running? It yeah. is a big mess. And, and it looks like he's going to win. Hmm. He's, he's the favorite. Volodymyr Zelensky oh, yeah. has no political experience, but that's no problem. Well, that's not a problem. Get in there. <laughs> See what Trump said today about the Great Lakes? Yes. Well, there was some, uh, he was going to threaten to not fund them, even though he can't do anything about that. Congrats, Congress sets funding levels, but there's, you know, the ongoing research for the Great Lakes cost a lot of money, and Trump wanted to pare it down. And then he went to a rally in Michigan and and uh, he realized where he was, and he, he rescinded that and said, we're going to fully fund the Great Lakes. <laughs> and he said, those Great Lakes are deep, deep. some record deepness. Wow. They're deep lakes. They're very deep. <laughs> They're tremendously deep. They're very deep. They're record deepness, right? <laughs> right? Yep. He does, uh, he does say some very strange things at rallies. Yes, he but, does. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, this fellow in the Ukraine, uh, in a striking example of fiction morphing into reality, 41-year-old comedian and actor seems set to take the top office for real. Following in the footsteps of the man he plays in a wildly popular television series, he plays an ordinary teacher who becomes an unlikely president and succeeds in bringing the country together. Zelensky took a commanding lead against the incumbent in Sunday's presidential election, putting him in a strong position for a runoff in three weeks' time. He said this is only the first step toward a great victory, his easygoing manner and snappy talk on the campaign trail strongly resembled his character in the show Servant of the People. The TV series that premiered in the fall of 2015 painted a grotesque satirical picture of Ukraine's officialdom, complete with easily recognizable parodies of politicians who were serving at the time. His character first is naive and soft-hearted, looks too soft-hearted to survive in the cruel world of politics, but he learns quickly the series is full of profanities and crude humor, but extremely popular. In Ukraine. Have you guys seen the weekend weather forecast? As I said, we have a, we have a watch, an opener watch scheduled for Friday. We're going to get into the 60s, maybe even 70 by the weekend. Get your motorcycle ready for the season. It's here. Get a hold of DennisKirk.com. They have 
more than 160,000 products in stock for you and your motorcycle. It's all right here in Minnesota at their warehouse. It doesn't matter whether you ride a Harley, a Cruiser, or a sport bike. They'll take care of you. They have what you need. And if you're in a hurry for something, place an order by 8 o'clock tonight, and you'll get it tomorrow. Now, that's hard to believe, but that's the way DennisKirk.com does business. At De- Check out the website, too. Very cool. Even if you're not a biker, check out the website. They've got great stuff, great accessories. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. Did you guys see who's sick? Mick. Jumping Jack Flash. Sick. John, is that, a, is that a new guitar? This is a new guitar. Thanks for asking, as a matter of fact. Wow. It's uh, it's a reverend. There's a fellow in Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, his name is Greg Koch. It's K-O-C-H. Yep. And he's a wonderful guitarist. Uh, one of my ten favorite at the moment. And Was he, he played? Would we have heard him? Uh, he has seven, eight, nine, ten albums out. Uh, he is it plays, all jazz stuff? No. He's a, he's a rocker, a, all right. a, a blues guy. Is it a guy uh, that if you had posted on social media, I would have made a smart-ass comment underneath? Probably. Got it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he's a really good guitar player, and, and Reverend is a very good uh, a brand of guitar, and they got together, and he designed this. is called a T-Style. Basically, it's the old Fender Telecaster yeah. body, a little bigger. It's a and, really uh, cool look, John. They made some uh, changes uh, to the tele. made this, like I said, a little bigger, and there's a little knob here I can hit that you guys don't care about that changes no. the sound. Really? Uh, and it uh, it's a really versatile good guitar. I bought it. I uh, got it last week. That's got to be fact. worth fifty or sixty bucks. It's a nice guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Are you comfortable? It's I make a nice slip. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's also, by the way, I, the color. I love this color. I do too. Uh, it's the black back is a little blue. It's blue. And Greg, uh, Greg's known for being weird. Yeah, uh, he sits in his basement and does uh, live Facebook things that are hysterically funny huh. as he plays guitar. Yeah, uh, he named this guitar. Uh, he's known as the Gristle King. That's just his name as a guitar player because right. he plays. Uh, so this is called the uh, Reverend Greg Cock Gristle Master. All right, and uh, because of the color of this certain one, he calls it Blucifer. Get it? Uh, Lucifer. Lucifer. Very, uh, what would you call that? Powder blue? That's just it's a beautiful uh, very, blue. Yeah, it is a nice color. It looks like a classic car. It's got that kind of finish it's, to well, it. Well, guitar, uh, fin- or the original Fender guitars, their colors, they used car paint. Oh, really? In the 50s, yes. That was a, uh, yes. So that's what they're going after. So you got Mick is sick, huh? Mick is sick, yeah. Mick, uh, he uh, he's not as sick. We were worried a couple days ago because they wouldn't say what was wrong with him. Uh, but Matt Drudge exclusively reported uh, he'll undergo heart surgery He'll uh, get a heart valve replacement in New York City. They had to cancel, of course, their tour this summer. Uh, Jagger expected to make a full recovery. We'll be back on stage by summer. According to sources, the procedure has a 95% success rate. And Jagger uh, is 75 years old. As If you've ever seen him, he's in great physical shape. So, Who would have uh, thought that, that he would beat Keith to the heart <laughs> surgery? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so instead of the steel wheels tour, it's going to be the wheelchair tour, huh? <laughs> no, I bet he'll be back prancing around. Oh, my God. You know he what he'll trains say? three hours a day. That's all he does. You know what he'll say after it happens? Hmm. Stop me, me up. Ah! All right. That's a very yeah. clear sounding guitar. Yeah, it is. Very clear. It's also uh, very, w- this amp is not set up that way, but it's a very nasty sounding guitar also. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you hook it up to, I have a, a Blues Junior at home, which is a nice tube amp. Oh, yeah. And it it has the sizzle. As Johnny really puts like that sing. guitar away, I will uh, mention I did look up the depth of uh, the Great Lakes. <laughs> Very deep. 1,333 feet, that's and that's Lake deepness. Superior. Isn't that yes. record deepness? Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, a lot of people would have said depth, but he went with deepness. Deepness. <laughs> I like deepness. Uh, we had a, another death in the rap world. Uh, Nipsey. I know this fella because my kid knows his stuff and had talked to me about him. He was uh, My kid liked this guy because of what he did for the community. And I liked it because of the name growing up when I did. His name, Nipsey Hustle. Well, he's ripping off Nipsey Russell. Well, of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he was a pillar in his native South L.A. community, uh, gave shoes to every student at an elementary school in Hyde Park. He owned a burger joint, a fish market, a barbershop. He helped fund upgrades to campus playgrounds, offered jobs to neighbors. If someone lost a loved one to gun violence, he would sometimes chip in for the funeral. Oh, man. Unfortunately for him, those rules reversed Sunday afternoon when the Grammy-nominated rapper was gunned down outside one of his shops, the Marathon Clothing Store, in the same neighborhood where he was known for his civic work. He was 33 years old. Uh, a fellow by the name of Glenn Taylor was uh, among hundreds of fans and friends who poured into the street to pay respects as the sun fell on Sunday night. A little girl held a poster of his debut LP with the message, R.I.P. Nipsey. According to Malik Spellman, a community activist, the man was instrumental in a lot of stuff, fighting gentrification, trying to stop gang violence in the area. The shooting came a day before Hustle was scheduled to meet with LAPD Chief Michael Moore and Police Commissioner Steve Soberoff to talk about ways he could help stop gang violence and help us help kids. Well, was it a hit of some kind? I was kind? just going to ask the same thing. All they know is a fella basically came up. Uh, shot him dead in the parking lot, ran to a car, and drove away. Well, Let's this see. happened yesterday near Target Field. That's the uh, only right thing. Right here in Minneapolis. Yeah. Kids shot in their car by a car that pulled up alongside him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like I said, uh, the only thing I knew about him was my kid was a big fan because of, obviously, he was he was good for the community. I never heard of him. I didn't either, but it sounds like he really did... Uh, he wasn't just all talk. It sounds like he really did. Yeah. He was he was acting on The it. folks who lived in the area who grew up with him said he could have, uh, with his clothing store, was immensely popular and his music and the money he now had, he easily could have opened all this stuff in Beverly Hills had he wanted. But he said, no, I don't, I don't want it. I want to stay here and try to help the community I grew up in. Wow. So a sad deal. Anyway, you look at it. Oh, uh, we got Joe Biden. Let's skip Joe. You talked about Joe. Old Joe. Uncle Joe. Is Nipsey Russell still alive? He's dead. I think he, uh, we lost him, boy, okay. 10 years ago or so, maybe, Got somewhere it. around there. Tulsa police arrested a woman after she was allegedly driving drunk on the rims of her vehicle. That girl. <laughs> Sparks flying. According to Tulsa police, officers were conducting a traffic stop when they spotted a driver driving on a rim. Police say they quickly ended the original stop and pulled over the driver, which they say they could hear coming from a block away. <laughs> Here she comes. Right. Officers asked the woman, later identified as Amy Dillon, how much she had to drink. She replied she had two shots of tequila. Uh, police didn't believe her because the police report says she could, quote, barely stand upright. Didn't she have a margarita going in the cup holder? She oh, did. Police yeah. say they found, they found a full margarita oh, yeah. inside the cup sure. holder. Officials say it's unknown how she wrecked her car. <laughs> Or what? Uh, why the uh, she was on her rims? Uh, she, she have Jimmy Buffett blasting out of the speakers too, <laughs> right, right. Margaritaville. She did Period. do a uh, breathalyzer test, and she blew a point two one and climbing, according to police. Wow! She was arrested on complaints of uh, not only was she drunk with the drink in her car, she had no driver's license while driving. Uh, she was also charged with transporting an open container, operating a motor vehicle with defective tires, and DUI second offense. Hmm. 
Uh, and uh, you guys know what the Ring doorbell is? Yeah, no, uh, the, it's the a, security monitoring service, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I have it. It's 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 got a little camera on it. So oh. you, you, whoever walks up to your door, motion detects, it starts rolling. Yeah, there's a guy in Sacramento who apparently is trying to steal them, but he's not often successful. So the whole thing is on videotape. Oh, the okay. guy's standing there looking. He's got at his Phillips. He's standing driver. there looking at it. Trying to, <laughs> so is he? Stealing them in the attempt to sell them on the secondary market? That would be my guess. I don't know. They haven't caught up with them yet, so they don't know. Uh, South Sacramento homeowner's ring doorbell captured the moment. A man walked up to her home and pried at the device, trying to remove it. It's the same image that that a lot of people in the Parkway Estates neighborhood woke up to on Sunday morning. One homeowner who did not want to be identified didn't realize her ring device was stolen until a local reporter knocked on her door and asked her. It's the same fella who tried to steal at least a half dozen of them. Uh, wow. See, a neighborhood all posted on the neighbor's app that the ring cameras were taken by the man captured in some of the surveillance videos. In one video, the man actually successfully gets away with the homeowner's ring device. However, his image is on video. Thank you, Johnny. Mm-hmm. DennisKirk.com, more than 160,000 products in stock for you and your motorcycle. doesn't make any difference what kind of bike you ride. DennisKirk.com has it. Free shipping on orders over 89 bucks. DennisKirk.com is the best place to get your stuff. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. What happened to our other guy? I don't think we paid the bill. Uh, a little brief uh, Alexandria occasional cortex news. Just a bit. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, what do you got? It's Monday. Uh, she incorrectly asserted that Republicans amended the Constitution to stop former President Franklin Delano Roosevelt from being reelected, even though he died in office. They had to amend the Constitution of the United States to make sure Roosevelt did not get reelected, the New York Democrats said during an MSNBC town hall Friday as she touted the positive effects of her New Deal. Occasional Cortex was referring to the 22nd Amendment, which a Republican-controlled Congress passed in March 1947. Roosevelt died April 12, 1945. The 22nd Amendment, which was ratified by the states in 1951, declares no person shall be elected to the office of the president more than twice, and no person who has held the office of president or acted as president for more than two years of a term to which uh, some other person was elected president shall be elected to the office of president more than once. Roosevelt was elected president four times, 1932, 1936, 1940, and 1944. And this uh, uh, taco bartender uh, is accusing the Republicans of, of amending the Constitution to prevent him from being elected president. <laughs> he he died in office yep. uh, during his fourth term. Mm-hmm. She didn't really do her homework, did she? Not really. No. I have well, a theory. Well, there's many, there's many out there. <laughs> you know how often we'll find um, news clips or funny bloopers from news, and w- we suspect that maybe a producer slid that one in yes. there to, to, to kind of set the host up to fail? Yep. Do you think she's got someone on staff that went... Hey, let's let's see if she'll say this. Yeah, because she's clearly an idiot. Do you think that's the same case here? A little, oh, little sabotage. Yeah, a little bit. Well, or April Fools, maybe. Uh, yeah. 
She's not going to be this dumb. She won't say that, will she? What are you doing for April Fools? What, do you do anything? A little overrated. You don't play a prank on the wife. Hey, you lost all your money. You're no longer rich. Did you guys Whoops. see what Tom Brady did this morning? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> God. He tweeted out that he was retiring from the league, and everyone, thank God, finally. And they went, ah, just kidding. April Fool's. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, we are to blame. We are to be blamed uh, for climate change. We meaning uh, Caucasian people. Oh. Uh, because, White people are? Yes, because of what we eat. Ah, it's, oh. it's our diet that's bringing about the ruination of the earth. If you're white, then your dining choices contribute to climate change more than the diets of other ethnic groups. A new study boldly declares. The study last week was released in the Journal of Industrial Ecology. <laughs> it determined the diet of typical Caucasian Americans includes a greater variety of foods than African American and Hispanic diets, therefore requiring the use of more land and water, which leads to greater greenhouse gas emissions. So it's our fault because <laughs> we have to have our chips and mm-hmm. salsa and everything. The food pipeline, which includes its production, distribution, and waste, contributes significantly to climate change through the production of greenhouse gases and requires significant amounts of water and land, which also has environmental effects. Joe Bozeman, a student in the university at the University of Illinois who co-authored the study, said, however, the differences between each demographic group were not significant. In fact, data provided by the Environmental Protection Agency and National Institutes of Health which included more than 500 foods and water, found that white people produce, on average, 680 kilograms of CO2 each year. By comparison, Hispanics produce 640 kilograms, and African Americans produce 600 kilograms. So while we're evil, we're not that evil. Ah, I see. We're about 40 grams more evil than Hispanics, for example. (laughs) The diets of each community require more than 30,000 liters of water per year. While the difference may not be enormous, these numbers are per individual, and when you add up all those individuals, it's very clear that whites are responsible for the majority of greenhouse gases emitted as a result of their food choices, Mm. Bozeman said. The study comes just weeks after a separate study claimed that white people disproportionately produce air pollution. (laughs) So... uh, we got you covered everywhere, huh? We got you. Yeah, I didn't know that we were the, basically the ruination. White people are producing more air pollution, and white people are producing more uh, CO2 because of our dietary choices. Ah. So well, what should I do? How can I, how can I enhance the, uh, the, my outtake, my, my climate change ability? You don't have to do a damn thing. Just keep doing what I'm doing? Yeah, it's, it's all nonsense. It's all just nonsense. <laughs> Always has been. Always will be. There's nothing you can do about it. You're not contributing uh, to any problem whatsoever by what you eat. Okay, I'll uh, I'll keep that in mind. Well, you in particular, you you're the you're the food guy. Uh, I am the food guy, and again, I mean, later on this week, a very disturbing uh, news uh, story was out today, and I'm going to do my research on it and report back to you later on <laughs> during the week to make sure it was not an April Fool prank. Well, do you know? That we're we're all headed now here in uh, Minnesota. We're headed into a very precious week, I would imagine, of media coverage. Oh, regarding yes. the final four. Oh, yeah. yeah, we're going to yeah. be just trying to figure out ways to 
account for our insecurities and uh, point well, if, out how great we are. And In fact, when I saw the long-term forecast for this week, we're, we're going to warm up. Do you guys remember? Uh, there's a watch conditions for Friday. That's for right. Uh, there was a, a reporter when we had that really cold streak towards the middle to late mm-hmm. part of January that said, boy, can't wait to cover the final four. And I said, well, fella, it's, it's in three months from now. Right. You're, you're going to be okay. Well, there's nothing the newspapers do better on both sides of the mighty Mississippi than cover hamburgers. You have my attention. I know I do. The Pioneer Press uh, <laughs> has a, a extensive coverage on hamburgers. Mm-hmm. The Star Tribune has extensive coverage on hamburgers. Don't you think they've been covered uh, quite a bit? I mean, uh... And as an aside, and I don't want to go into it, as an aside, I've tried two or three of these Constant recommendations is the best one. Okay. I've been disappointed every time. I wonder what your expectations are. I don't know. But here, uh, from today's Tribune, mm-hmm. in anticipation of all these rubes from Texas Tech coming up here with hay in their shoes. Right, and, uh, right. You got the Virginia people rolling in. You got <laughs> Auburn. The, you got the Auburns and the Michigan States coming in. Uh, ten best burgers in the Twin Cities. I, now I only bring this in. Because uh, a, I'm going to be as precious as all the rest of the media, yep. and but I wanted to, in all seriousness, yep. I want your take on these because oh, you boy. probably know each one of these. Uh, I'm sure that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, do have you ever ha- had something at the 112 Eatery in Minneapolis? I've not been to the 112. James Beard Award-winning chef Isaac Becker uses Biftec. That's me. Sorry, Biftec Hache. The classic French chopped beef sandwich is a jumping-off point for a burger that seeming seems really simple, but there's more to it than meets the eye. For the patty, lean grass-fed beef is blended with butter, eggs, sautéed onions, yes. taking notes, thyme, and plenty of salt. <laughs> is it thyme or thyme? Thyme, 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 thyme. And then go he, eat. and he's got brie <laughs> du and served in a grilled and butter English muffin. Sounds like a heart attack on a plate to me. Uh, sounds like he's well cared for this burger. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I wrote down one twelve. Uh, if this is rated in order, that's the best one. Okay, there's some real serious competition. I can't Barnes and else. Noble Kitchen. I've never like the, the bookstore. This is a test case of B and N's new restaurant concept. It is wowing shoppers with modern, carefully crafted fare, including the Gotta Try Burger, weighty, deeply flavored patty as brisket fortified chuck, and the salty, loosely packed meat okay. is cooked just until the center goes from crimson to deep pink. All right. How does that conversation go with the mayor? Hey, Joe, let's go to the bookstore and grab something to eat. You want to go to uh, <laughs> B&N? Or- no, I want to go there and get some books. <laughs> I'm just here to read. <laughs> Birchwood Cafe in Minneapolis. I've uh, eaten there. I've had the so far. You're zero for three. No, no. The uh, what's the one down? Is it only in Minneapolis? Because there's one downtown St. Paul too. Well, this says Minneapolis, 25th Street. Okay. Uh, turkey burgers are often dry and listless. No. Not here. Apparently, these are very good. Uh, that's number three. I had I sampled uh, the Birchwood at the burger, uh, the Twin Cities Burger Competition. Blue Door Pub, number four. Yes, that is a fine establishment. Those are two gentlemen that used to work at the Groveland Tap. They broke away from the Groveland Tap, started their own uh, Blue Door, and there's a location in Selby and yeah. in Minneapolis. Great craft beer selection, too. I met yeah. Fratelloni over there once. Great I love place. that place. Number six, uh, Burl. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Burl. Yes. You're going to Burl. You'll be talking parlor. about the Parlor Burger. Mm-hmm. 
Parlor Burger is the is the best you'll ever. No, you're, you haven't you're even had it yet. Isn't Don't there, they have isn't, a, there, isn't there a parlor on Seventh Street in yeah. St. Paul? Yes, I had it. Yeah. Well, then, then, then you know oh, what? Oh, you're wrong. You are, you are you are not qualified to give this list out. <laughs> the Parlor Burger is one go. of the most, and I, I seriously, it's rated in the top three in the Twin Cities. It is a perfectly the the combination of the meat that they use is it's perfect. A, it's a combination of chuck, ribeye, and brisket. Yeah, it's not overdone. It, this is that's this our is, guy JT, right? Yeah, Jester Concepts. Uh, if you you have to love go to, to have him on board. Yeah, now yeah. that I've ripped the hell out of him. <laughs> Constantine, <laughs> Constant, in Minneapolis. That's another um, basement Concept. level cocktail lounge. Yep, uh, Manello Chef Mike DeCamp. Pays a Mick tribute to an earlier employer, McDonald's, where he acquired a lasting affection for basic as can be burgers. His version mixes chuck and brisket with scandalous amounts of butter. Mm-hmm. You'd like that, one. Yeah, you? yeah, that's like a. Didn't like you a do mix that? Soon. Didn't you do a brisket beef mix? Yes, burger? for the Super Bowl. That's for my right. Super Bowl. Maven? Is it Maven? M e y v n. I haven't been there yet. Lake Street, in Minneapolis. No. Uh, like Maven. I guess it's the same guy. Uh, Adam Eaton uh, also has Saint Night uh, I've had the St. Dinette well, We're burger. getting to St. Okay. All right. Uh, this is a nice-looking burger. Uh, boy, they sure love their butter, don't they? Well, that's what that's what makes it taste good. You don't want a hockey puck. Nolo's Kitchen and Bar on Washington Avenue in Minneapolis? I'm aware of it. I haven't been there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Chef Peter Hoff. Uh, he's he got his uh, uh, he, he was a, an admirer of the In-N-Out Burger. Oh, okay. I've had that. I have not had that. You in Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this one called? This one's called, uh, oh, boy, there's a big hunk of bacon on it. Revival? Oh, yeah. Revival. Oh, sure. Isn't that there was... a revival in St. Paul? Yes. Well, the Tribune only notes the one in Minneapolis. Oh, that's uh, there's right on Selby. The Revival's mm-hmm. a very delicious place to go. Tom Bamer and uh, Rancone. <laughs> 2001 Cretan Durham Hall grad. <laughs> He knows what year the guy graduated high school. St. Dinette. Is, yes. Fifth Street in St. Paul. Yep. Uh, Chef Adam Eaton finds inspiration in short order fare, but there's nothing diner-esque about his cooking. It merits distilled in an exceptional double patty cheeseburger. The rough-hued patties are a meticulous blend of brisket, sirloin, and dry-aged chuck. Excuse me. Whatever happened to ground beef? Uh, you can make those hockey pucks at your own house on the grill, <laughs> and there's no flavor. There's no flavor in them. That's why these burgers are a step above because that mix is is the perfect mix for flavor. They're blanketed in Eaton's version of American cheese, an ingenious concoction of Gruyere Damn. and a sharp cheddar that's formed into bricks, cooled and sliced. Oh, that sounds. Good. <sighs> that does sound really good. Oh. Mm-hmm. These aren't. Uh, Amateur. These are. This is the uh, major leagues for all of those burgers. Missing, noticeably absent, is the uh, red cow. Noticeably absent are many places. Here, of of the ten best burgers, uh, the, and this is obviously uh, intended for Minneapolis. arriving visitors. Yes. Right? So Minneapolis is one. Uh, Edina is where the Barnes & Noble is. Okay. Birchwood Cafe, Minneapolis. Uh, Blue Door Pub and Dinette are the only ones in St. Paul. And the, and the Blue Door does have one in Minneapolis. Is Blue Door, uh, who owns those? 
Uh, that is... Is it the gal who owns the Blue Moon or whatever that... Thing? No, that's the Blue Plate. Oh. That's the Blue Plate Restaurant Company. They're, they're the ones that are Groveland Tap and Longfellow, etc. And uh, on that same note, uh, and this is, uh, this is some contrary or dispiriting news for our, uh, our guests coming to town. Hmm. Who's Tyler Perry? Uh, I know the name, but what's he on? Or? Tyler Perry is uh, an actor, uh, and he's director. a director, yeah. uh, very successful... Um, person. Big Mama's House. Wasn't it Big yeah. Mama's House? Yeah. Yeah. While staying at a that. Minneapolis hotel, the actor, director, and playwright Tar- Tyler Perley got mad as hell when he saw the bottled water priced at $9 in his hotel room <laughs> and took his frustration to Instagram. They can't be serious, right? He wrote in a caption uh, to a photo of Fiji water with a $9 price tag. What the hell this water do? Cure cancer? Make hair grow? <laughs> Did Jesus bottle it when he met the woman at the well? Y'all gotta be kidding me. Perry's post received more than 145,000 likes and 14,000 comments. He wrote it last week while staying in Minneapolis as his Medea's Farewell Play Tour had a two-night run at the Orpheum. Uh, while Perry has been listed as one of the highest-paid men in entertainment, he said he'd die before paying nearly 10 bucks for Fiji water. Uh, in his own words... I will swallow spit and die of dehydration before I pay nine bucks for a bottle of water. Well, you have to admire his. Uh, I do like his that. urgency there, yeah. his enthusiasm for sticking up for the fact that you shouldn't have to pay nine bucks for a bottle of water. Hell yeah! I'm kind of disappointed we didn't go see uh, one of the two shows of Big Mama's. How, what was it called? Medea. Yeah, Medea. I'm not paying nine dollars for a bottle of water. No. I'm with Tyler Perry. Somebody responded to his. Uh, Instagram post, bro, you never been to Vegas? Blank, it's $25 a bottle in the hotels there. What? Really? I, That's I can't verify that, but that it says 9 bucks here in Minneapolis, 25 wow. in Vegas. See you. I think it's I think anything more than a dollar 25 is exorbitant. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what our vending machine definitely, is. Definitely out have here. exact yes, change. Exactly. We have uh, uh, our garage logic staff drinks Purified water from Fleet Farm. That's right. Yeah. Fleet Farm, uh, Aldi, uh, Sam's Club. Uh, Kirkland at Costco. Yep. In fact, if you're in a Costco, you can get one for a quarter. Same size you got there, You Jim. want a Kirkland golf ball story? Sure. Uh, I'm going to blow it now. Listeners will go out and order them. Two dozen Kirkland golf balls, I think, are $27, which is cheap. Okay. They've been... Uh, somebody... With knowledge, compared them to Titleist Pro V1, which are you know forty bucks a dozen sure. or whatever for a dozen or whatever they are. In fact, look that up for me. How okay. much does a dozen Pro V1s cost? And the Kirkland came out on top in all of the testing. <laughs> wow, you're kidding? No. Wow. So I, I've got a couple of sleeves at Kirkland. So then why doesn't a professional golfer have a Kirkland endorsement? Well, that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, I, I don't know if we ever got around to that yet. Look at that. 55 bucks for a dozen Pro V1s. Yes. That's worse that than $9 for a bottle of water the, at a There's Titleist Pro V1, 39.95. Wow. These are I think these were 27 for two dozen. Wow. And everything at Costco must have a Kirkland brand. They do, yeah. Was that just a name? It, it's the yeah, it's the the brand name of all the stuff. It's they just handle. a marketing Not thing. everything they handle, but uh, their own line of goods. Well, most stores have that. Kirkland. Most yeah. chain stores like yeah. that have their own generic brand of whatever. There you go. Sixty bucks, plus five bucks for shipping. Sixty bucks for a dozen Titleist Pro V ones. Now look up Kirkland golf balls. I think it's two dozen for twenty seven dollars. 
And it comes out ahead of the Titleist in every test that was put to it in terms of its velocity, its spin rate, its softness, uh, everything, everything, everything. Well, look at that, four and a half stars on Amazon. Yep, four and, yet- and a half stars for Kirkland Golf Balls. And let's see what they cost. Uh, I don't want to wait. No, I'm a bad waiter. When did you um, when did you discover this information? Were you watching a Kirkland golf ball documentary? There's two there's two dozen Kirklands for twenty four nineteen. Those are refurbished. Those are refurbished oh. though, yep. Okay. Uh whatever. They're out there. <laughs> you, you can get them. There right go. there, right there. Twenty three ninety five. Kirk uh Yeah. No, $29. There it is right, right there. there. Kirkland Signature three-piece urethane cover golf ball. Two dozen, 29 bucks. We got to the bottom of two that. Dozen. Two dozen. That's do- so what I said. Two dozen yep. for 29 bucks. One they, dozen Pro-Vs was 60 bucks. Fourteen fifty per dozen. They mm-hmm. probably, to answer Rook's question, uh, Kirkland, I would guess Costco would not allow somebody to endorse. You know what I mean? Oh, really? They wouldn't put that in their store, I'm guessing. Why? They, well, I don't know. Just because they... That's they, just not their style? They don't pay extra anything for anything. That's got how it. they make money Okay, got uh, for it. memberships. And uh, they don't spend extra except on employees. Can you see Tiger suddenly sporting the Kirkland Oh, hat? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Costco? Hey, I'm not laughing at it. I'll take them. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, since we're there, let's just see what we got here. Uh, <laughs> what do we got? Kirkland uh, has I've, their own bourbon? I've always yeah. heard good things about all their booze, actually. And they they do make a beer too. I'm not a member. I'm not a member. Do you oh, have to be what? a member of Walmart to be a member of Costco? Or are they two different operations? They're two different uh, companies. You're oh. confusing yeah. them with Sam's, Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Oh, yeah. Walmart. Yeah. What's Sam Club's? I don't want to talk about this anymore. Take a break. Let's have <laughs> let's have a break with their, uh, come back with Johnny Height and his newscast. All right. No more bourbon. Garage Logic would like to give a tip of the cap to a Minnesota company that is celebrating their 100-year anniversary. Hail to Jefferson Lines. That's right. In 1919, Jefferson Lines started providing Minnesota communities bus transportation, earning a reputation of quality, service, and innovation at affordable prices. That same reputation continues today, like being one of the first companies to offer free Wi-Fi on every single bus. You can kick back and still listen to GL on your trip. Head to jeffersonlines.com to book your trip today. Wherever you're headed in Minnesota or throughout the Midwest, good luck. Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for 100 years. And here's to 100 more. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But, of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. The best lawn on the block is a click away, professionalturf.com. 
Let one of the professional Turf.com lawn care technicians stop out and analyze your lawn and then create a three- to five-step program that will keep your lawn free of weeds, crabgrass, and dandelions all season long. All you have to do, water and mow. It's that simple. They're locally owned, ProfessionalTurf.com. They've been serving us here in the Twin Cities since 1982. Wow. The best lawn on the block, it's a click away. ProfessionalTurf.com. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's hey Joe Suchere. Here's John Hank. Thank you, Joe. Uh, this uh, update brought to you by ProTurf.com. ProfessionalTurf. Yes, thank you. ProfessionalTurf.com. It I got works. You, baby. I use it. It works every year. Uh, the first day of jury selection in the trial of a former Minneapolis police officer charged in the fatal 2017 shooting of an unarmed woman has wrapped up for the day. It's scheduled to resume on Wednesday. Mohammed Noor, meanwhile, said nothing entering court as reporters asked him whether he would testify at the trial. Noor faces murder and manslaughter charges in the death of Justine Demond. She had called 911 July 2017 to report a possible sexual assault in the alley behind her home. Noor and another officer responded. Noor shot Demond after she approached the officer's squad car. He was fired after he was charged in the death. And the judges set aside several weeks for the trial. About 50 to 60 seats were set up for possible jurors in the jury selection room Monday and people being brought into the room in groups of 15 prosecutors. After proof, Noor acted unreasonably when he shot Demond. The defense plans to argue he used a reasonable force in the situation and acted in self-defense. Why, why wouldn't he testify? Self-incrimination. It's been a strategy from day one. I, I just He was told to keep his mouth shut, and so far he has. But so there's not a chance he could be made to speak. I mean, that's not. Well, that would be them. up to the defense to yeah. whether they introduce him or not. They'll wow. have to see how it's going. They might have to put him on the stand if they think they're losing mm-hmm. and they think they can get anything out of him. If he walks, God help anyone that's near Minneapolis when that happens. Why there'll be no riots? You don't think so? No. <laughs> the other way around, there would be. Hmm. Wells Fargo Center in downtown Minneapolis is being sold for $315 million. The 57-year-old office tower, located at 90 South 7th Street in the heart of the downtown commercial district, is being purchased by the Connecticut-based Starwood Capital Group, according to a source. The sale expected to close Monday. Starwood Capital, which is best known for creating Starwood hotels and resorts in the mid-90s, plans to renovate the office complex and add amenities. Starwood Capital wasn't immediately available Monday morning for comment. NWC Limited Partnership is the seller of the property, which is estimated to be valued at $267.5 million, according to Hennepin County Records. Lucy Flores, the woman who's accused former Vice President Joe Biden of making her uncomfortable by grabbing her shoulders and kissing her head several years ago at a political event, says she would still support Biden in a general election matchup against President Trump. What the hell is she complaining about then? Asked if she would support the former vice president if he wins the Democratic nomination, Flores, a Democrat who served in the Nevada State Assembly and supported Senator Bernie Sanders for the nomination in 2016, told an anchor, that's not even a question, of course, I would support Biden. She does say at the same time she personally believes Biden's actions are disqualifying. Coupled with his previous anti-abortion stances, she says. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Check what? this out. Are you saying this makes no sense? Are you mean to tell me she'd vote for Biden 
Uh-huh. If it was Trump. Correct. What she's saying is, I'll do anything instead of vote for Trump. Correct. Because she said, I think this guy's disqualified, but I would still vote for him. But if he gets Trump. the nomination, yeah. then she'd vote for yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want him to get the nomination. Ah. If he does, she would vote for him. Uh, Flores says she's well, not. Well, then he wouldn't be disqualified. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Flores isn't satisfied with Biden's response, by the way, saying he fails to acknowledge that such behavior is, quote, inappropriate, period. A group of students at Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado, have started a gun violence prevention campaign called hashtag my last shot. It's very strange. The student led campaign calls for citizens to put a sticker on their ID or their cell phone that asks for photos of their body to be publicized in the event they are victims of gun violence. Oh, my God. The sticker reads, in the event that I die from gun violence, please publicize the photo of my death. Nearly 20 years after the deadly shooting at the school that took the lives of 13 people, today's students at Columbine have started the campaign, they say, to turn the tide in the psychology of gun violence. The video on the campaign's official Twitter page begins... We're numb, stuck in a loop, seeing the same images over and over again. So how do we end the cycle? Sometimes it takes seeing the worst of humanity to bring out the best. Remember the graphic photo of Emmett Till's body helped spark the civil rights movement. Napalm Girl helped influence the end of the Vietnam War. And Alan Curdy created international awareness about the refugee crisis. Citizens can sign up for hashtag my last shot at the website and order an ID sticker. Those who sign up are then encouraged to let an advocate know that they've taken the pledge and have their photos publicized in the event. They are victims of gun violence. I'm not trying to rip those kids for taking a stand and trying to create something here, but how many years ago did you say this was, Johnny? Columbine was 20, right? 20 years ago? 1999. But we have become so desensitized that I don't think that mission would be effective in any way. I don't either. Uh, From uh, Rook's Homeland. Catholic priests in Poland burned books they say are sacrilegious this week, including uh, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. What? What's wrong with my people? Priests said in a Facebook post showing photographs of the public book burning, we obey the word, capital W, of course, on Mm. word. Uh, One passage, they say, exhorts believers to destroy the enemies of God, including the command to burn their idols in the fire. The post on a page run by the Catholic SMS evangelical group stirred controversy. It's gone viral. Photographs show three priests carrying a basket of books and other items, including an African-style face mask, through a church to an outside fire pit. Priests are seen saying prayers over the fire pit where other items, including a book from the Twilight vampire-themed fantasy romance series, a Hello Kitty umbrella, and a hymn... Ah. Hindu religious figurine are also burning. I got news for you. My people are not helping my people out, are they? Harry Potter is the least of the church's problems. Right. (laughs) Father Jan Kucharski, the priest in the Gdansk parish where the book burning took place, uh, told a news website that they had burned the items linked to the occult and magic. He said aside from the books, there were talismans. Parishioners brought them to put things in order, he said, as part of their spring cleaning. The burning took place in front of the church after Sunday Mass. Kucharsik dismissed comparisons to the cultural censorship of totalitarian regimes like Nazi Germany. He said, we know it's harmful to our faithful, so that's why we held an event 
like this. Right, Jan can, must be the Polish equivalent of Bill or Joe or Mike, because there's a lot of a lot Polish Jans. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet after the uh, after the mass and the book burning, the old Polish men's club had a little uh, <laughs> little keg of beer and maybe a grill going. And, oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure they had a little fun after after the burning. Oh, you guys realize that one size rarely fits anyone. That's why a Federated Insurance Company, Mutual Insurance Company, tailors its insurance programs to the individual business, offering property and casualty, life, disability income insurance. Their marketing representatives get to know you, the business owner, and how your operation works, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. No fat on this thing. It's exactly what you need. Is driving a significant part of your business? They'll talk to you about auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack? Look at the headlines. You might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way, Get in touch with a Federated Insurance marketing representative. They're all over the state. The headquarters are in Owatonna, Minnesota, but the marketing reps are everywhere. And find out for yourself how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Uh, Speaking of Harry Potter, a copy of the first book in the Harry Potter series featuring some rare typos sold for more than $90,000 in a London auction. Well, I wish I would have kept Vince Flynn's first one. I don't know where it went. (laughs) I'm serious. I don't know where it went. For real? Yeah, I don't know where it went. My wife found one at a Goodwill. Yeah, she better hang on to it. Yeah, I, that was, it was a Christmas gift. Yeah. Auction House Bottom said the first edition and copy. It says right on the inside, to Joe, thanks for all of your support <laughs> over the years. I want it back. <laughs> Auction House Bottom said the first edition copy of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, known as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone here in the U.S., attracted the bid of $90,074. The specific edition is famed in the Potter fandom for containing a handful of typos, including misspelling the word philosopher and the repetition of one wand on the list of items the boy wizard needs to obtain for school. Matthew Haley, Bottom's head of books and manuscripts, said like most enduring books aimed at younger readers, the books also have a wide appeal to adults, and there's a strong market among collectors for first editions. Well, along these lines, on CBS Sunday morning yesterday... Mm -hmm. Uh, Amor Towles was in Moscow touring the Metropole Hotel, and it's uncannily like what you think of in the book. Really? It just, it just was nifty. Just what was really the, nifty. We got an email request, by the way, the new, the latest edition to Author's Corner. I'm reading his first book, which okay. is The Rules of Civility. Got it. This, preceded, fantastic. this preceded This preceded A Gentleman in Moscow. Mm-hmm. I uh, still, I have my copy of that, and I still have not read it. But I did read The Sisters Brothers in the last yeah. week. Isn't so. that an interesting book? It's uh, very interesting. Right. Yeah, I do want to see the film now. Yeah. You said you saw on the plane or part Well, of I it. tried to, but the, yeah. I couldn't pick up the audio. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A man in Barr, Massachusetts, who had already won the lottery once, just won it again. James Peddle of Barr won $10 million in 2014 on the $10 million multiplier spectacular. Now he just won another million. Wait on, a minute, wait a minute. He already won 10 mil. That yep. didn't prevent him from playing. Ah, he keeps playing. What the heck, you know. I suppose. He won 1 million on the fastest road to $1 million instant ticket. You know what this proves, Joe? Everyone needs something to do. That's right. <laughs> got to have something to do. <laughs> no matter how much money you have, you got to have something to do. James Peddle took the prize in a one-time cash payment of six hundred fifty grand after they took out the taxes. As he did with his winnings five years ago, Peddle plans on sharing his good fortune with his family. The store where he bought the latest prize was a liquor store on Summer Street 
that'll receive 10 grand bonus for selling the ticket. Three U.S. astronauts aboard the International Space Station said Monday they're ready to sign up for a trip to the moon. If NASA can meet the Trump administration's newly stated goal of returning Americans to the lunar surface within the next five years. Meeting with NASA managers and aerospace officials at the agency's Marshall Space Flight Center last Tuesday, Vice President Pence, chairman of the revitalized National Space Council, said failure is not an option. Three NASA astronauts currently aboard the International Space Station, Nick Haig, Christina Cook, and Anne McLean, were born well after Apollo 11 astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin first set foot on the moon 50 years ago this July but they will be in the prime of their careers when NASA picks the next round of astronauts to go to the moon, assuming that is the agency can meet the Trump administration's ambitious schedule. Just without any beans. Don't bring any beans. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I've got a kind of a sad story. But, oh, no. Yeah. Well, I, I only took note of it because I'm a classic car enthusiast sure. and, and yeah. collector. And uh, I was reading about a couple in England, uh, William Reed, 67, and his partner, Catherine Workman, 70, uh, they bought a uh, classic Mercedes, looks like a, about a 380 SL. Okay. They, they bought it in the United States, and they had it shipped to uh, Cockermouth, Cumbria, uh, where they oh, live. And he that's was, a mouthful. He was backing it into, the, uh, into a below-level garage, into a plastic bag. What? He, he was going to store the car into a, uh, a, a giant plastic bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, he immediately became uh, overcome with, with fumes. You know, no. Carbon monoxide no. fumes, and then she, who who wasn't, she wasn't in the car, but when he didn't, you know, come out after backing, she goes down there to try and fetch oh, him. Oh no! And she gets a little woozy and and crawls back out of the garage and calls the authorities, who tell her, uh, "Don't go back there! Don't go back there!" And then another somehow there was a mix up. Uh, in the advice she was uh, receiving, oh, no. uh, while Ms. Mrs. Workman was on the phone, confusion about what was happening in the garage led to the operator then advising her to get as near as possible to her partner and try to treat him. So she went back down into the bag. No! She went back down into the bag, and uh, Mr. Reed was unable to be awakened, and then uh, she stopped uh, uh, communicating with the operator. And when they got there, when they got there... Uh, she was out cold, and uh, he's dead. And then they took her to the uh, hospital where she died uh, two two days later, uh, because uh, this is a tragic story. Well, it is. It is. It, Who gets it, the car? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> what? Who gets the car? Nobody. They're afraid to go into the bag. Right. Nobody will go into the bag. Wow, is that tragic? Well, I they don't, get their 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 fantasy car. I don't know what the moral of the story is. Uh, well, uh, it's, I guess don't keep a car, don't back a car into a plastic bag below ground level. It, the accumulation of the fumes must have been so immediate and so significant that the guy he conks out right away. Do, what do we store cars? In right. Plastic what is bags? this? You are, yeah. What, what is you winterize some cars? Uh, I, no, there are, there are plastic bags that people put around their cars. I'm yes. not a plastic bag guy. That's messed up. But uh, I can see where they wanted to do this for dust protection or whatever, and and uh, it just it didn't work out well for them. It, it, no, obviously not. Back oh, where, makes me oh, want to play baby <laughs> sad so, song. So it is sad, isn't it, John? It yeah. is. Huh. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, that kind of took a lot of the wind out no, of No, no, no. We said, don't <laughs> go back down there. Right. Yeah. She's like don't a kid. She only well, the last. report said a number of errors were made during the initial 999 I'll call. I'll say. Yeah. Obviously. I'm, I'm sorry for them to huh. happen. But, uh, again, I, I took note of it because uh, I always read stories about classic cars and collector cars and and I didn't know this one was going to have such a terrible ending. So he he went first a couple of days earlier, well, no, correct? No, oh no, no. Yeah, well, he died two he, days prior to her. She right. died in the hospital. She was, yeah. She was so taken to the hospital. when uh, when they go up to the pearly gates, he's no. got a couple of days in already. Yeah, he's and two he's, ahead. He's leaning on the post as he he sees her walking up, and yeah. what did she say to him? You had to get the car, huh? <laughs> you had, you to, had get to get that damn Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, El Chapo, remember him? He's a bad guy. He might become a uh, fashionista. Really? The convicted Mexican drug lord and his wife have stylish future plans creating a clothing brand with the name El Chapo. Oh. 61-year-old Joaquin Guzman. Can you you do that? And his 29-year-old wife, Emma Aspuro, are working together on the project, according to the New York Daily News. Chapo signed a contract giving rights to his name and signature to a new company that his wife would run. El Chapo Guzman, G-J-L-L-L-C. Do you want to be the company that signs on for this? No. This is not wife number one, I would imagine. She told the newspaper his signature would be part of the brand logo. So if you buy the clothing, you'd have El Chapo's signature on it. As Perot told the Daily News, this project is an idea Joaquin and I have had for a long, long time. Before he was ever in the USA, we talked a lot about this topic. Really, it's both of our ideas. Uh, she has two twin-year-old, uh, two seven-year-old, excuse me, twin daughters with Guzman. The girls caused a media sensation when they attended Dad's trial in December, dressed in matching white blazers with black bows in their hair. This news all comes two months after Alejandrina Giselle Guzman, one of Guzman's ten kids, launched her own El Chapo clothing line in February. El Chapo's daughter also was seeking to trademark El Chapo and El Chapo Guzman, according to the Daily Mail. That could end up. In court, yeah, he, uh, he skies in at five five, huh? This little really? guy, yeah, yeah. He's a little tiny, violent tiny little guy. Uh, you didn't know this, Rook, but uh, thank you for that little lead in there because apparently a New York City councilman uh, claimed he's the world's tallest male politician, and now he's drawing challenges. Robert Carnegie <laughs> Jr. is six foot ten inches tall. He's a councilman from Brooklyn, New York. He was certified by Guinness World Records in January. And honored for the distinction this week at a city hall ceremony. That's got to be somebody in Africa or somewhere that's taller than that. We, we don't have to go to Africa. Oh. We go next door to North Dakota. Oh, for Pete's sake. The insurance commissioner, John Godfried, yep. uh, he played basketball at the University of Northern Iowa and played professionally briefly in Germany. He's six foot eleven and three quarter well, inches. He's taller than this fraud from yeah, New York. Wait a minute, Brad Sellers. Remember him? Sure. Former Ohio State and Chicago Bulls star, listed at seven feet. Uh, says he has a claim too. Sellers is the mayor in Warrensville Heights, Ohio. I'll be damned. Now, as you pointed out, Joe, former NBA basketball player Yao Ming could top them all. Sure. Yao is as political as a delegate in the advisory body to China's National People's Congress. Mm-hmm. He, of course, if you remember what he played, is seven feet six inches. Huge. Well, you know who's got egg on their face here? Who? Guinness. Well, yeah, they uh, certified this without... How do you uh, know any record now is valid? Right. right. Yeah. Their credibility's in doubt. Boy, I hope that wasn't our buddy. Did you see the story last week in the paper? No. Mike downstairs? He's a one of the few Guinness judges in the world. Oh, yeah. What? Mike Marcotte. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah, it was, you guys should read a newspaper once in a yeah, while. Yeah, you really should. <laughs> 
thought it was just on Twin Cities Live. What was the event he was uh, testifying uh, about? Or there was they had judging. several. They had several in the story, uh, yeah. but he travels frequently. Yeah. Uh, he does. Uh, there's only what a hundred judges, I think the story said in the world. In the world, Guinness yeah. judges, and they go and certify stuff. So if so. you're going to eat the world's biggest amount of jelly beans, right. he's got to come to your house and see right. if you did it. Yeah. You, know what? you exactly. want to make this even worse? Sure. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, Dummy, you just went out with him. I, I was with Mike when he was doing it. Oh, oh my God! God. <laughs> and you didn't know <laughs> what was he doing? Uh, it was a he was judging a uh, what was it meat raffle? Well, that was that was the beginning stages of right. it. I can't. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know. But I was. That. But I was with him that day. Mm-hmm. How many cigarettes can you put in your mouth? No. Nope. He apparently tra- from the story he travels a lot. Yes, uh, he does. Doing, uh, yeah. And I would imagine Guinness picks up the tab. Oh yeah, I'm sure. sure. I That'd be so. a good gig. It is a pretty good gig. Nice yeah. gig. It was a nice meat raffle too. Do you guys want to hear more about it? No, nope. not really. No. Okay, nope. I'm. Uh, I'm out of stories, George. Just, just what would you like? Joe's Let me patience. play guitar. Do a little something for old Mick. Little something for yeah, Mick, yeah. huh? Okay, well, let's go with it. You like that new guitar, don't you? I love it. I love it. Again, it's a renegade mm-hmm. crystal master. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a pretty guitar. It is. I would love a car that color. I would love a car that color. Hey, it would be nice. He really let Johnny in there, and Johnny looked back longingly and said, I agree with you. I think he nodded. He did the pig farmer. He nodded. Right. All right. Thank you, GLers. You know what? I'll put a picture on Twitter of this guitar. Yeah, I think you should. do that for sure. That's a beauty. April 1st, no April Fools, the Garage Logic podcasts are all there. The archives are waiting for you at garagelogic.com. And remember, conditions are amenable to there being a watch for the opener Friday. That's not a warning. That's merely a watch as conditions are aligning favorably. More later in the week. We'll keep you posted on social media. You can go to uh, at, gar- at GL Podcasts, social media, left and right watch for that watch on Friday. Check it out, garagelogic.com, features page, brand new, Greg Holcomb, beautiful cartoons, and find out what's on Joe's bookshelf. And go to Apple iTunes and rate us, good, bad, or indifferent. You're listening to Garage Logic, the podcast version. We'll catch you next time. Johnny?